Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here, Lexi. And I know her name totally sounded French the way I said it, but it's not. It's like, it's German. It's German. But it sounds French. It looks French. So Lexi, thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. So I am sitting here uh, with Lexi, who is a four times X game athlete, an ISDE silver medalist, and just a real badass girl. And so let's just jump in and get started. You won the 2014 EMA Enduro Cross Championship in a tiebreaker. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear about that. You've competed for Canada on the women's trophy team at the ISDE in Sardinia, Italy in 2013. And you were the 12th woman earned a silver medal. Like, that's amazing. And you were in Japan in 2019 at the women's championship. And you were noted as one of the best motocross ice racers in all of Canada. Like, what an intro. <laughs> and she's 23 years old. <laughs> so, Lexi, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit. So, how old were you when you got on your first bike? And how many years have you been riding? Totally. So, I'm pretty grateful that my parents uh, started me really young. I was two years old. My dad moved here from Germany uh, in the early 80s, I believe, um, because like a, a big part of him moving here was so that he could ride. It's really expensive and really difficult to ride motorcycles in Germany, uh, or really expensive at least. So he moved his whole family here um, and just fell in love with being able to ride in the mountains. And after he met my mom, they started a motorcycle club um, for more families to get involved in and really spend time on the weekends and and have a place to ride and to race because there wasn't really anything in that space at that time. There was lots of things for adults to to go race and to have a place to train, but the there was a big gap for families. So they really had a passion to get their kids into it and something that we could do. And I'm so grateful because growing up, I pretty much spent every weekend either camping or racing my entire life. Well, other than winter. <laughs> Wow. And so you were really born into this sport then. <laughs> totally. It's easy to say that uh, I was basically born on two wheels. As soon as I could turn the throttle and stand on my own, I was basically riding. I could actually ride a motorcycle before I could ride a pedal bike. Wow. That's so do they how like motor like how 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 little do they make motorcycles? Yeah. So I had a little 50cc. Uh, it's called PW50 um, when I was two and they they uh, they put a sidecar on it. Lots of kids get training wheels these days, but my dad liked the idea of having a sidecar, so that's what I had, so I wouldn't fall over. That would be cute. I'm just picturing my little Ruby that's four on something like that. So how old were you? I was two. You were two. Like, you were just walking. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So it's just like, it's just second nature for you. Totally, And, and I'm pretty grateful because I don't remember a lot of that, like, learning curve that I think a lot of people struggle with now but I have 
I've taught myself to be able to explain things better to other people, but a lot of it does come second nature. So do you think starting that young kind of helped you have no fear then versus starting when you were 10 or 12 or 13? I think so to an extent. I mean, if I were starting now, I mean, I have a job and and all these commitments to go to on Monday. So I think I would be a little bit more reserved. I mean, riding a motorcycle isn't the safest thing in the world, I guess you could argue. Um, But because I had that experience, I think that I don't even think about like, oh, I might like let the clutch out too fast and wheelie (laughs) or something like that. It just, it doesn't even cross my mind because using the controls is so second nature. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to jump back into the X Games for a minute because for our listeners that may not know what the X Games was, and to be fair, I, I also didn't know, it is like the Olympics for badass sports. So tell us about that journey and what did it take to get you to the X Games and what was that experience like? It's kind of funny because it wasn't really something originally that we had set out to go do. There was uh, the AMA Endurocross is really what started it all, uh, which is what I won my championship in in 2014. But um, it was a new discipline uh, when I first started getting into it. And there wasn't really any races up here. So I convinced my family to take me and travel all across the U.S. uh, for about five years. So or not five years, four years. So I could learn and try it out. and, And it was a really big challenge for me, which is what I think I like the most about it. And. Uh, there was four events that led up to qualifying for the X Games. I was lucky enough to like work really hard and be able to qualify to go. After we went the first time, we kind of got our feet wet and we're like, man, this is super, super awesome. We want more of it. And it kind of just snowballed from there and we tried to qualify every year uh, since then. So yeah, that's kind of the journey that we got there. And once we were there, I mean, you... <laughs> You go to the athletes lounge and you're sitting beside people like Tony Hawk that are like these amazing skateboard athletes or or BMX athletes. And you're like, man, I never thought I'd be on like this level, the same thing. And here you are. So it kind of gave me a different perspective. And uh, yeah. So what has that been like to go from the girl, the, the young, young girl that looks up to all these people to be the girl, the woman, that now people look up to you. Is that a little surreal? It's super surreal. Like, still to this day, sometimes I get people that will, like, send me messages or or come and see me. And I think I don't view myself that way. I kind of just, I know what I want to do and and where I want to go. And uh, a lot of my motivation and inspiration, I guess, comes from getting more women into the sport and kind of breaking some of those barriers I mean, when I was when I first started racing, there wasn't even the women's class to compete in because there wasn't enough women to have one. So to now have multiple women's classes is really cool because we've all worked together to encourage each other to show up at the race, like all these different races. Mm-hmm. Now that these organizations are seeing that there's a place for it, they're they're starting to do more. So it's it's really cool to have that I, I would say that I'm quite a humble person and I <laughs> it makes me blush when people come in and say things like that but um, at the end of the day I just want to get more people on two wheels and to learn and have the same experiences that I have because it's really second to none. Now you grew up in the sport like we said you were like born in the sport and your parents were obviously um, uh, okay with you getting into the sport and aware of the dangers and so for any of parents listening or any kids that want to get into it, what advice would you give the parents about, um, you know, having their, their young girls, their young daughters in a sport like this? 
Totally. I think there's risks to everything that you do. I mean, you could walk across the street on 17th Ave and, and who knows what could happen, really. Um, that being said, because of my experience with motorcycles and the community that you get brought up in, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. And I think I've learned so many things that translate into everyday life that I wouldn't have if I didn't have the motorcycle community. Mm-hmm. Things like learning how to public speak, things like having conversations with just random people that you come across and being confident to have those conversations and look someone in the eye when you're having a conversation. Um, there's lots of things like that that I think I've had a lot of extra confidence in because I've had to always be, be on a podium or, or talk in front of the camera or whatever. And I still get nervous, but it's a lot better than some other things. Or when I went to college, um, doing like group presentations, I had no problem standing in front of the class and talking where other people are like fiddling with their papers and looking at the sky. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, relax, it's going to be okay. Um, but there's, there's some things like that. The more cycles in my life have also created something that I'm always super driven to. And I have that, I guess, mindset of always trying to do things to the best of my ability and um, having something to work towards. I think a lot of us don't set enough goals for ourselves or, or not. Maybe goals isn't the right word. But just giving ourselves something to look forward to and really strive towards where I think some of us just get lost. And sometimes even even now, not racing as much. In September, I just sat down and I'm like, okay, what's the plan for the next for the next year? Like, I, who knows if we're even gonna be racing soon. So what what's my next year gonna look like? How can I have an impact? What can I do? Um, it sounds like racing really gave you a purpose. It totally it gave you a, gave purpose, me a purpose, you know? Um, and now that you're not doing it or weren't doing it for a while, you kind of were like, okay, what, what's my, what's my move forward? What's my new purpose? Totally. Absolutely. And I mean, like all through high school and stuff, I homeschooled through high school, but even in junior high, um, it was like, I didn't need to go party. I didn't need to go do anything. So I was very like driven and had my mindset on one goal and, and that's where we were going. So I think, yes, it's dangerous, but also it can be super impactful and, and you can, go so many different directions with it that I guess whatever effort you put into something is what you're going to get out. Now, did you uh, do homeschooling for high school because of motocross? Yeah. So the high school I was in only let you have like, I don't know, 10 days of um, time away or absence. Yeah. And at that time I had gone to Italy. So we were gone for a month and then we were traveling all over the U.S. So it was like, Monday, Tuesday, I was gone. We'd come home for two days, and then we'd be packing up the van and ready to leave. To Because because you have a motorcycle, you have to drive everywhere. Yeah. You can't just throw your gym shorts in a bag <laughs> and fly to the next place. So a lot of a lot of my time was spent driving across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just easier. And, and I think a lot of our time is wasted in just rambling on at school. So I, I had enough drive to, in the mornings, I would get up, get ready, do all of my school, crush it out, go to the gym. We'd ride in the afternoon, but school was always the first thing that got done and nothing got done until school was finished. But I was able to do it in a lot shorter time and have a lot more freedom to to train or to work or to do other things. And traveling, I think you learn so much 
mm-hmm. as well. So you crushed it at school in the morning and then you crushed it on the course at night. <laughs> exactly. You did a lot of crushing. I feel like that was a term you probably used quite a bit. So speaking about crushing, you talked a little bit earlier about working really hard and you are a high performance athlete and that doesn't just come up, uh, just to happen from sleeping in and eating pizza every day and, and not doing much. So talk to us about how do you have to physically prepare for motocross um, and, and for your competitions? Absolutely. I think it's changed a lot for me over the years on, on my different training and uh, the mindset around it as well. Um, I think at one point in time, I always, thought, I always thought like chicken and rice was all you could eat and you had to train like five hours a day. But there wasn't enough uh, balance, I guess, would be the best way to explain it. Found that I just wasn't very happy. I was in good shape and I was... I was winning races, but I had to learn how to find a balance between um, being in enough shape to compete at the level that I wanted to and also being okay with, like, having ice cream at night or getting a donut if I wanted to, you know, which I'm not saying, like, I eat donuts every day, but you got to have a little bit of balance to make sure that mm-hmm. you like for the Girl, soul. Yeah, you got to have balance. <laughs> None of that chicken and salad every day or chicken and rice every day. Totally. But riding motorcycles is definitely a physically demanding sport. So a lot of training did go into it. A lot of time spent in the gym. Um, but still to now, I'm trying to figure out our bodies are constantly changing. So trying to figure out what works best uh, and just giving the body what it needs. I think for a long time, I didn't listen. Um, and there was a period when I was going to school where it was just so stressful and there was just so much going on that I felt like I didn't have time to prioritize myself because I was just putting so much effort into school that you kind of end up like letting yourself go. And so trying to get back in the mindset and getting yourself back to, to being in a healthy state um, was a challenge as well. Mm-hmm. So we just went through kind of preparing for your competitions, what that looked like. And so take us through maybe any injury that you've experienced in your career because in, and I, I would be very surprised if you've never been injured. Um, that could be to your point within any sport, but yeah, talk to us about some of your injuries. Absolutely. So I haven't had any crazy injuries. Uh, I've dislocated both my shoulders and had a broken wrist, but that's, that's the extent of it. I mean, I get bruised from head to toe like 90% of the time. I mean, I I don't wear shorts too often because I'm sure people think that something's going on at home, but uh, (laughs) um, we, we have so much good protective gear these days and you, you, a part of your training is learning how to crash properly. And I mean, there's lots of things that you can't control and that's when people do get injured. But for the most part, if you're riding in, in your, like, I want to say comfort zone, you're always pushing that comfort zone, but not being out of control and just making sure that uh, the when you're training and you're preparing, less accidents are meant to happen. Well, and I'm sure the sports evolved, you know, from when your dad was doing it until you did now. You talk about protective gear. Like, is that like bubble wrap? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just uh, because I feel a lot better about Ruby doing it if she could, if I could just put her in bubble wrap. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so, like, what do your parents think of your journey and your career? Like, they must be so proud that you've gone into the sport and you've been a champion you are a champion and so yeah like share with me a little bit about that and your the relationship you have with the parent your parents and it must be tight because 
you left high school, you homeschooled, you traveled all over the country. They were your chaperones. So was did you was your dad like your coach? Yeah, my dad my dad pretty much taught me everything I knew and my mom was the one that made everything happen. Oh. And uh, so it's a really cool dynamic between the two of them. I have a great relationship with my parents. And it's really cool because a lot of people, I feel like, can't say that. Um, and, and when you travel with someone, too, it's, it can be difficult, and especially for a long period of time. So we've learned so many things together, and I'm so happy that I get to share those experiences. I think my parents are extremely proud of not only what I've done, but the person that I've become. And uh, they're, they're there every step of the way. My dad comes to the shop at least once a week and brings me coffee Aww. and says hi and and all of the things and he asked me he's he's got a ride like every week my dad's 65 and he still rides wow. and uh he he's got to ask me every single week are we going riding this weekend are we going riding this weekend and um it's really cool it's he's probably really cool. living a little bit even vicariously through you because he can't do what you do <laughs> right but he probably looks at what you're doing and is like wow that's just amazing. Totally. He's a motorcycle enthusiast if I've ever seen uh, one. <laughs> and do you have siblings? I'm an only child. You're an only child, which probably helped the whole process because <laughs> if you had had other siblings, your parents would have been busy raising them and whether it was motocross or other sports. So that probably really worked to your advantage. Totally. I think about every once in a while and kind of wish like, oh, I wish I had a brother or sister to share whatever with. But at the same time, I definitely don't think I would have had some of the opportunities that I had strictly even just financially i mean flying to europe or flying to japan or wherever it might be i mean it's not cheap yes. <laughs> so if, if i had another sibling i might not have been able to either go go with my parents or i might have been solo so i'm i'm grateful for being an only child if that's not so selfish it's no not. it's not at all <laughs> no 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 not at all a lot of people these days are choosing to only have one child too so i think it's kind of trending right now <laughs> What advice could you give to younger girls that are maybe thinking of getting into the sport or they hear this podcast and they're now curious? Totally. And I mean, motorcycles are hard to get into unless you know someone, which is unfortunate because it's not like you can just grab like a basketball and and set of leggings and head to the to the gym or wherever just to try it out. It's a big financial commitment for the gear, for the bike having something to haul the bike to the track or to wherever you're riding. So what we see is a lot of people get into riding because of a significant other or a family member, whatever it might be, um, to give them the opportunity to try it. Um, I've recently um, collaborated with uh, a, a collective, a women's collective called Surf and Berms, which is really cool. They have ladies ride nights. So if you're new to the sport, they do have times where uh, – Demo bikes will be available. You just need to bring some gear or sometimes there will even be gear available so that you can come and try and get your leg over a bike and even see if it's something that is is something that you can consider or if it's like way too out of your comfort zone and you're just going to watch from the sidelines. But it's really cool to get lots of different um, levels, ability levels together. And the more advanced ones encourage the 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 ones that are just learning and the ones that are just learning see what is possible and usually by the end of the night that everyone's advanced so much it's it's really cool i'm just picturing myself coming to one of these what do they call it surfing surfing berms surfing berms and throwing my leg over the bike 
Oh, Haley's <laughs> laughing at me because she's picturing it too. Hey, I just, I hopped out of a plane like two years ago. Give me some credit. Oh. Um, but it's funny because I, I'm thinking, and if you wanted to learn something like that, I'm assuming uh, that it's probably safer to do motocross than it would be to get on a motorbike. Yeah, and I think mainly is because you have to learn the fundamentals before you get going. And I think lots of people jump on like a street bike and they're like, oh, the road's just flat. I just have to touch the ground. When I stop, we'll figure it out as we go. Where with dirt bikes, because the elevations are always changing and you're stopping and you're going and, and there's a lot more, uh, I guess, I don't want to say a lot more skill set, but just different. Mm-hmm. So I would always encourage someone to try to learn riding off-road or in the dirt first and then get onto the street. And if anything, it teaches you to be a more aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I have a street bike as well, and it's far more terrifying to ride than riding off-road because you have no control on the people that are around you. So that's what I was just thinking. So I remember I was 18, and I wanted to get my motorcycle license. I was just in university, and my dad uh, at the time worked in Pinoca on the brain injury unit. And he said he was, like, so upset that I was thinking of getting it because I still remember this. He's like, Tanya, it's not you I'm worried about. It's everyone else on the road. Totally. And where in motocross, you're you're not in that environment. So you take that component out of it. It's it's really you that could hurt yourself from something that you've done. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And there are people that are around you when you're racing and when you're riding. But you have a little bit more, I guess you gain, like, a little bit of a different skill set to um, – to deal with those people that are around you. You can kind of expect more of what's going to happen. If you're going into a corner, probably everyone's going to turn left. Whereas if you're driving down Deerfoot and someone just decides to come in your lane, you don't really know. Yeah. So how do you deal with uh, your kind of your post-competition feelings? Because I, I mean, I'm definitely not a pro athlete, nor have I ever been. But I remember going to like a big volleyball game. The bleachers were full. Your parents were there. The hot guy you had a date on was there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the hot guy you had a crush on was there that you wanted to date. <laughs> so tell us what those post-competition feelings are like on another level. Like you're in Japan. And I'm just picturing these thousands of people there and you get up like what's that like it's it's really like kind of surreal experience I guess I think when I think of that exact feeling I think more back to when I won the championship uh the AMA Enduro Cross Championship uh because you're in a stadium full of people and everyone's cheering and it's just loud and and you're just you have like so much relief of like yes all that work all that time that we put in has finally paid off and it's just so gratifying to to feel that and you just have that like yes like nothing is better than this moment right now I do not want it to end um and so there's really there's really nothing like it and just like you were saying right you've got all your friends and your family in the stands and you kind of just don't want that like high to end but on the other side of that too is sometimes you don't always win Mm -hmm. and sometimes um you you get upset because you don't maybe get to that place where you want to be but most recently I guess over the last few years I've learned that you don't have to win to enjoy everything that you have and just slowing down and taking everything in and I think that's something that's not talked about enough is we're always told that we have to be the best we have to strive to win we have to like be on all these expectations but we forget about all the things that are around us too if, if, I, if I didn't win a race tomorrow, I'd be so stoked even that I was able to go mm-hmm. or that I had the people around me or that I had the opportunity to travel to wherever. 
And those are some of the things that are a win as well. So I'm hearing that you're really excited, like when you're at the competition and you see your friends and you see your family and it's this high, but what about like post-competition, like the day before, like is what type of mental preparedness do you need to do? Do you, do you have a mantra? Do you meditate? Do you pray? Like what's your thing? I don't really have like a super big thing. I try to focus a lot on visualizing what is about to happen and what's, um, maybe not so much about what I'm worried about happening because I used to I used to get super focused on like the one obstacle that I was most stressed out about like am I going to make it over this am I going to crash over this one Um, and so I try to visualize getting through it focusing just on what's in front of me and not stressing out about what's about to come and that's where I think I found my most success is because I would get like so tense going around for the next lap because I was stressed out about one thing instead of just relaxing getting over one, getting over the next, and then once I got to that obstacle, dealing with it as it came. And once I got through it, if you fall, who cares? Get up and continue on, Mm -hmm. which I used to get in my head a lot about because you have this whole stadium full of people and you're like, oh my God, all these people just watched me crash and yard sale across the stadium. And you kind of feel like an idiot, but nobody cares. Nobody's going to remember what you did. And once you accept that fact, then everything just becomes so much easier. You just ride your own race, and there's probably 10 other people that fell as well. So once you just start to let some of those things go and just pick yourself up and continue on, then it became more enjoyable and and easier to overcome some of those obstacles. Mm -hmm. That's good perspective, Lex. Very wise. (laughs) What has competing looked like with the current state of affairs, and have you had to pivot your athletic career at all? Uh, Totally. So... um, a little bit of background, I guess. So I went to school, um, I graduated 2019. And so over those two years that I went to school, I went and got my diploma um, for accounting and business. I basically didn't really ride at all. I just casually rode and then went straight into working full time. So just these last couple of years, I've been able to uh, get back racing and doing some more. And then COVID kind of threw a wrench in everything. And most races weren't able to happen because of the restrictions of gathering outside uh, in a large group of people. And so at the end of the season in September uh, in Calgary, some of the restrictions were lifted for like a half a second. And we were able to get a few events in uh, just at the local track in Calgary. Um, So that was really cool and a lot of fun. And everyone was just so much like more excited it seemed like because no one had done anything all year so everyone's like everyone's coming out everyone and their dog are out racing it was really really fun um we only got I think it was only three or four rounds but it was good to have um definitely more of our focus has changed uh or I guess my focus has changed into trying to make more of an, an impact and so getting more like trying to break some more of those like women I don't know what the correct word, (laughs) what the correct wording is, Um, but some of those boundaries that I think that we limit ourselves to and other people try to limit ourselves to. Limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs is the perfect explanation. Um, So with Surf and Berms, one of the local girls as well, she's she's done so much for the community. Uh, We decided to come together and create a YouTube channel. So we've been making videos to kind of educate, uh, share our experiences and our perspectives on a few things to to hopefully inspire at least one person to to get out and ride and try something new and be a little bit less intimidated when you show up at the track. And there's so many things that go on. And, and if I didn't have 
my whole life riding motorcycles. I think if I were brand new coming to the track, it would be super, super scary or intimidating. So trying to just make people form, feel more comfortable. Uh, we can do it in an online setting, so it's uh, it's open to everyone and, and restrictions can't really stop us. So <laughs> that's uh. been our main focus here the last little while. Well, you are so passionate about your sport and rightfully so. You've been very successful and you're really leading the way. And I love that you are, you know, you're still in it. Obviously, you know, circumstances are a little bit more difficult, but you're you're really paving the way for the next generation to come into it. Now, from your perspective, is your where are you in your career? Like if everything opens up tomorrow, are you midway? Are you at the end? Are you still at the beginning? Like what does that look like? I think right now it's kind of a hard question because I've accomplished most of the goals that I've wanted to accomplish and that on the on the racing stage I guess you could say so going to events like X Games and the ISCE um, are things that are very like financially uh, they cost like a ton of money to go like we're talking like to go to to go to Italy to keep compete in the six days we're talking about like ten thousand plus dollars to go to one event so <laughs> but you know what like if you add that up from five years of dance you're still saving and this is true <laughs> this is true and I mean Part of me is like, it's worth it. You got to have the experience. You got to go. But at the same time, my values say only pay with cash. Don't put yourself into debt riding motorcycles. At the end of the day, it is a hobby for me and it's not a full-time career. And I don't see it ever being a full-time career for me. So I am just spending my time enjoying riding on the weekends, enjoying riding with my friends. If I can get in a few races every year and uh, make my mark and then that's great, but I'm more focused these days on trying to get more people riding and encouraging more people to get into the sport because I've had such incredible experiences. I just want more people to have them. So you are an, a true advocate. <laughs> well, and that's amazing. And I think, you know, when you are at the top of your game and you're, you know, you've reached all of those um, uh, milestones that you wanted to, it's such a great time to sit back and give back to the same sport that gifted you so much. Because for the short time I've known you, I can see the passion, I can see the love, and I can see what it's done for you. You're young, you're very articulate, you know what you want. And I'm sure a big portion of that outside of your, you know, the relationship with your parents came from being in a demanding sport physically, mentally, time-wise at a young age. Yeah, that's exactly it for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What goals do you have maybe on more of the personal side for the future? We've talked a lot about uh, motocross and, and, you know, you talked about the diploma that you went for. So where is Lexi in life in 10 years? What does that look like? <laughs> That's such a scary question. <laughs> well, guess. Make it up then. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll be on the moon by then. No, I don't know. Oh, cool. Um, I... That's, it's so hard. I think I always try to keep myself open to whatever opportunities cross my way. If you would ask me five years ago where I'd be right now, I'd probably laugh. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I would just want to do what makes me happy. I think after I went to school, it was a bit of an eye-opener because I'm like, yeah, I want this, like, business. I think I'm going to, like, I have this idea in my head of what I wanted to be. And then I started surrounding myself with the people that I would be around with, like, I'm not the person that needs to sit behind a desk all day, so why did I go to school for accounting? <laughs> so being able to work in the motorcycle industry, which is my passion, 
to be able to share my passion every single day with people. Sure, I'm not making as much as this, uh, like an MBA or, or whatever, but that's okay because I'm enjoying life right now. And if an opportunity comes my way and the knowledge that I learned at school does pay off in a different way, then that's totally fine. But right now, I just want to have fun on the weekends. I want to ride my motorcycle and just enjoy the things that I've done. I mean, uh, a goal of mine was to purchase a home. I did that last year. Um, like, I just, I just don't want to get in debt, and I just want to enjoy life every single day. If I can travel and spend my money on that, that's what I'm going to do. And that's about where I'm at right now. Who knows what 10 years from now is going to look like. <laughs> I love it. Well, that sounds like a great way to live your life. And so 23, you, you know, you've been doing this for such a young age. I have to ask, like when you date guys, like, and when you've gone through that process, like, is it like, are you dating guys that are in motocross because it's such an intense sport and they are the, the kind of the people that understand you versus dating a guy at school that is like not either doesn't know what motocross is can't imagine a girl on motocross like what's that been like totally yeah it's kind of funny I mean the the guy that I'm dating right now does not ride has not rode he's got some background in sledding but um he's super supportive and so he comes to all of my events or or most of them anyways and having that support at home is really what makes the biggest difference to me I mean I would love for him to come and ride with me on the weekends and some of those things but um, I think it's a good balance that we have between the two of us um, to he can do his own thing I can do his own thing like my own thing and we can kind of come together in the middle and as long as we're supporting what each other do that that's all that really matters to me mm, I like that well I'm sure he's an amazing guy <laughs> so just to end our discussion what have you vowed to yourself what have you promised to yourself in life to either get you where you want to be or to where you are today that one's that one is always changing I think but I think when I think back to what I've always vowed to myself would be to always go into something with uh, no matter what I'm doing in life is do it to my best ability doesn't matter if I'm gonna be the garbage truck driver if I'm gonna be working at Tim Hortons or the CFO of a company um, anything I do I want to make sure that I'm doing it to my best ability and I think um, that work ethic has helped me a lot in my life and that's what I vow to myself every day is to make sure whatever I do to my best ability. I'm sure you do, Lexi. And we always like to spotlight a charity of choice and this is something that might be near and dear to your heart, something that you're involved in from a time or financial perspective. So who would that or what would that be? Uh, I have picked Wings for Life, uh, which is a spinal cord research. Uh, Red Bull kind of started it and um, it's dear to my heart this year because a fellow racer had got injured riding and they had supported him on his road to recovery. And so on May 9th, there is a, a virtual run that's going to be happening. It can happen like throughout, it's like international, worldwide. Um, but I think raising funds for, for spinal cord research and to support those people that do get injured is, is really important, especially in our sport where you never know what's gonna happen and you don't know when your life can change. And this individual that did get hurt is uh, recovering really well and is hoping to make the run and do it at his own pace. Wow. Come May. That's yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Lexi, thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. I feel so honored that 
you took the time out of your day and I, I know that you will inspire, whether it be our older listeners to maybe start something that they wouldn't have thought they w- would do before, or our young listeners to maybe consider motocross as something that they might like to try. So Lexi, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. voice of women. We truly hope that you've enjoyed today's speaker. We hope that they've inspired you, made you think outside the box, and given you some points that you can apply to your everyday lives. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us. If there's any suggestions you can make or feedback, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in.